This is a podcast. This is a podcast. <laughs> I had a dream that I should say that, so I thought I'd try it out. I'm Ashley, um, and I move around way too much in my chair to be doing this in my kitchen, but here we are. And I'm Corey, and you can probably hear my pug snoring in the background. Yeah, he's oddly quiet right now just because you said that, but... <laughs> maybe he'll maybe he'll keep being quiet the whole time. If, if you hear low, sweet rumbles of, like, pug nose breathing, that's, it's Sterling. That's Sterling weighing in about this week's book. This week's book was It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, a, I guess, romance novel. Did you finish it? I did. I finished it. Did you finish it? I did. I finished it. It, you know, it was a little hard at the end to, like, finish. Like, I didn't want, I didn't, I needed to, like, pick my time. I thought it was going to make me cry a lot. And I was like, I can't be in public. I can't be in my car. I don't know if I want to feel sad because I already knew what was going to happen. <laughs> I had a hard time starting it. I kept a whole list of things that I was listening to instead of continuing to listen to It Ends With Us. <laughs> I feel like I started it, I got like 45 minutes in, and then I kept like putting it off. It was a little predictable, I think, at the beginning. Um, at what, chapter 13? Is that when we did our uh, predictions? <laughs> Oh, yeah, our chapter, tw I think it was, yeah, at the end of chapter 12, we did predictions about where we thought it would go. You were much closer than I was. I was very on. But I guess we should do our summaries and our rating, and then we can discuss our predictions and the book. Spoilers, all that stuff. I think I started first last time, so why don't you, uh, you give it a go. You got your summary? Yeah, remember how last time I was like, oh, I should write it down for next time. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. didn't do that. Mm, big surprise. Look, I did, I did keep a bunch more <laughs> notes, but that was not one of the things I did. Okay, summary. Lily meets Ryle Kincaid. Like Kyle with an R. Stupid. <laughs> Sorry. It's a bunch of very hipply named characters. Very romance novel names. Lily Bloom. Uh meets Ryle Kincaid on the roof of a building and they have mm, a moment and then like what six months later they meet again in her flower shop mm -hmm. no she doesn't have the flower shop yet does she oh wait she does yes she starts the flower shop she meets his sister then he meets then she meets him again the sister is like wait you know my brother and then they get involved and then she gets this is Look, I didn't write this down. This is terrible. <laughs> this is really excellent. This is exactly what would go on the back of a book. You're nailing it. Ah. <laughs> Look. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just dying. Uh, then she meets. <laughs> then she runs into Atlas, her like. Spoiler. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, it's part of it. It's part of it. Look, it turns into a love triangle between her and this neurosurgeon dipshit that she met on the top of a building <laughs> and her uh homeless ex-boyfriend the end oh my god <laughs> i can't say that i would call it necessarily a love triangle but maybe a bit for her but it and a bit for whatever we this is spoiler shit it's not quite a love triangle yeah it's not like hard decisions to make which i fucking hate don't make me have to choose and like fall in love with two characters i'm meh. Every romance is out to hurt me. Don't make me choose between the hot neurosurgeon and the hot chef who owns his own restaurant. Spoilers. 
P.S. This book is super horny. So, mom, if you're listening, turn the podcast <laughs> off now. There are some quotes <laughs> that I took note of. Oh, God. Um, okay. Well, my summary. It Ends With Us is the story of Lily as she meets her latest love interest after burying her abusive father, bringing up past traumas and first love. As her relationship progresses, Lily must make difficult choices as she explores her past and considers her future. Does somebody want to hire me to write the back of books? That was pretty good. Yes. Yeah, it was way better than mine that I didn't write at all. I would probably read your books. You should write reviews (laughs) like that online. (laughs) Just rambling for way too long. Too many details, too many spoilers. Too much rambling. That's my specialty. Amazing. It's it's a one of a kind. What did you rate it? I I would give this I like a four and a half out of seven, I think. Okay. Like I didn't hate okay. it. Like I was like yeah. reasonable like I reasonably enjoyed it the entire time. I was like, oh, what's gonna happen with these people? Like I was ne- like I at the very, like, I got stuck kind of at the very beginning and listened to an entire book of short stories by Stephen King before I got <laughs> back to listening to this. But I, I have that book. Which one? What's it called? Oh, the, is there many? Oh, yeah, oh. there's a bunch. The one I listened to was Bizarre of Bad Dreams. I have it. I should read it. I've read like two stories. It's one of my unfinished books. It's hit and miss, but all of his short story collections are, so. Um, all right, four and a half out of seven, pretty good. Um, I gave it a five and a half out of seven. Okay, nice. So I think, yeah, so I guess we can, I guess now it's time for spoilers. So, um, spoilered on three. Oh, yeah. One, yeah. <laughs> two, three. Spoiler. Spoilered. If you want to go pause, read the book, come back, now's the time. Go read the Wikipedia. It's less informative than. Episode one, the troops Wikipedia that has everything. Um, this one has the parts that you need to know. But uh, read it and come back now. Now we do spoilers. Now we talk. I forget this will this will come up later. But I forgot that you read the Wikipedia summaries because I had an idea for uh, a segment slash game toward the end of the episode, and it won't work as well if you've read the Wikipedia. But we'll try it anyway when we get there. I mean, who knows what I really remember? Fair enough. Okay. So, I mean, my first note just says marine grade polymer because they said that so many times that it's no longer a word. I don't, were they talking about a chair? I actually don't know. Yes, it was the chair. It was the chair that he was like beating the shit out of on the roof of the building when she first meets him. When she's like snuck up on his building. Yeah. Um, Speaking of being on top of the building, do you think there's really a house built on top of a building in Boston like he was saying? Oh, uh... I didn't really think about it. It seems so weird that I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say it's a detail okay. that's too weird to be made up. I could have maybe Googled it, but I didn't. And I just thought I'd ask you instead. So maybe I, I'll Google that later. I didn't, <laughs> we'll either, I didn't either. And I'm never going to. I'm just going to wait until you and, tell me what you found out. Yeah, and I'll probably forget. And unfortunately, we don't have a producer to just be Googling things for us live and giving us information, because I think that's what happens in podcasts. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I'm not going to do it myself. So No, no. So uh, the, I just thought the beginning was very 
predictable in a way, right? Like once you start to hear more about her past, I was just bracing myself for Ryle to be that guy. He like, well, okay, the predictability of it. It's like the classic fantasy romance novel, like man that could never love anyone falls in love with woman who's a, and he's, oh, he's a successful neurosurgeon, by the way, he's going to be rich. She's so lucky. He never loves And then, you know, she becomes best friends with his sister randomly. What are the odds? That's so cool. (laughs) So, you know, sisters gets pregnant with a baby and then she's going to have a baby at the same time. And it's so fantasy driven. Like this is what everyone wants. The man that's going to fight for me and be so difficult to love. But he loves me. Um, But he's so difficult to love. And you can tell the parallels are are coming with her father. (laughs) Yes, I like early on in my notes. Um, well, I guess I'm trying to think of how far into the book this was. This was after this was after Alyssa. Alyssa is Alyssa. Is that the name of the sister? Alisa. Alisa. More hip romance novel names. When he chases her out of Alisa's birthday party and like picks her up. Like, is when I wrote in my notes, if he wasn't an unbearably hot neurosurgeon, the way he acts would be completely unacceptable. It's that thing. It's that thing. Red flag. He turns out to be a piece of shit. All of this, like, behavior that I was like, mm, it's really kind of, he's really kind of shitty. Yeah. Is is stuff that comes back around later, only worse. And you're like, oh, oh okay. This guy sucks. But he loves her like he's never loved anyone before. Yeah, because he's a man baby who doesn't know how to handle his emotions. Amen. Naked truth. (laughs) Oh my God, I forgot that that was part of this book. Yes, naked truth. Well, so like I wrote this quote down because I was just so like, I don't know, sheltered, I guess. So when they're like, tell me something that people don't normally say out loud. And he says, I want to fuck you. I was like, okay, like, why is this so, like, hot? Like, a man will just say that if he wants to. If he's a hot neurosurgeon, absolutely. Why is she like, I can't believe he would say that out loud. That's so crazy. Why would he say that? (laughs) Just made me feel like, usually when I read these, I just feel like, oh, I don't know, like, like, like Twilight, I was like, this woman must be a virgin. <laughs> this fantasy is like, oh, I fainted. And, and Edward comes in here super fast and just swoops me away. It's like everyone's dream to be taken care of by a man. <laughs> it's like how all these stories go, like Fifty Shades of Grey. It was really giving me that, like those right. vibes. Yes. There's some sort of subtext underneath the fantasy where it's like, yeah, it's not super weird that he would say that, right? Right. Just telling someone that you're attracted to that you want to fuck them is not unusual. Well, it's also not like it's like the mailman. You know what I mean? They're like alone together laying on a chaise lounge or whatever in the middle of the night. There's a song called Chaise Lounge. Oh, yeah. The wet leg song. Yeah. my, My friend hates it. And so I love it. It's kind of a bop. No, it's great. Anyways. Is it forward of him? Yes. Is it scandalous like she, like she acts? No, it's not. No. It kind of began like that, like a little giving me those kinds of classic fantasy romancy vibes. And then when she started getting into her journals, it started to get really sad. Yeah. Just thinking about that, like that she's writing to 
Ellen DeGeneres as a child was like very sad. Yeah, they're not journals. They're letters, letters. to Ellen DeGeneres as if that's somehow less embarrassing than keeping a journal. <laughs> She did say that she never, she realized she wasn't going to send them and just write to her journal, but decided to just keep calling it Ellen because it felt better. But I don't, you're right. I don't know why. But that was really sad. Yeah. And I think that the author does an excellent job of writing the 15-year-old's perspective on abuse really well, you know? Like, she understands how fucked up it is. She understands what rape is. And she thinks she knows how it is, but she also, like, listens when she's told not to do things like take action. Like, she's still young, but, like, knows things. You know, I I felt like she had a really good balance of writing. She wrote that perspective well, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. So here's the thing. Like, I feel like eventually, by the end, you're sort of set up where Atlas, who... She had this relationship with with when she was younger that's in the journals. He's the good guy. And like, it's all it's all complicated. Like, it's not like it's it's interesting that it's like shades of gray and not like black and white. But Mm -hmm. still, Atlas is like the good guy. And Ryle is the abusive, not so good guy slash bad guy. I mean, I would argue that they left Ryle in a good place. I think they left Ryle in a good place. Sure. But also, his behavior is ultimately irredeemable. Like, she leaves him because of it. Yes. One thing that totally <laughs> stood out to me is throughout this, like, extended flirtation with Atlas when she's a teenager that happens in these journals. She's 15. He's 18. And, like, <laughs> one of the first things he asks her is, how old are you and when is your birthday? And then... <laughs> Like, when he disappears later, he finally shows back up on her 16th birthday when, by the way, it won't be statutory rape anymore if they have sex, and then they have sex. Mm. It was so weird to me that 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 all happened. That is weird. Maybe that was trying to be like, look at him. He's a good guy. He thought about this. He didn't want to cross a line, even though it's, like, still weird. (laughs) He didn't want to go to jail. Or the author didn't want to go to jail. (laughs) I mean, also, why make her Why make her 15? Because when you're that age, you're not thinking about that. Like, it's weird to make her 15. It's weird to make her birthday a plot point. Right. Just make her 16 from the fucking beginning or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or make him, like, he could be 17. Right. Uh, but then but then he couldn't be about to go into the military, right? Like, that why was... Why was he still going to high school? I mean, I think he's finishing up his senior year, right? Like, that's his whole deal. Okay. Just has an early birthday. Yeah. You know, the Atlas thing was interesting because, you know, what we're doing is getting her story with Atlas at the same time as she's, you know, meeting this new man, Ryle, and then runs into Atlas and how that goes. But I really liked that it wasn't it wasn't like a direct triangle. Like she made choices that were not based on Atlas Ever. It wasn't like he was just there to catch her when it didn't work out, you know? They were in other places in their life and they kind of left it at that. It wasn't like still pining for that. When her and Ryle were ending, she still wasn't like, let me go date Atlas. That was random. And I appreciate that because otherwise it would just feel like, I mean, obviously we're being set up for Atlas to be the guy at the end of the book. Also, it starts with us has just been released. So we assume this is the story of her and Atlas. 
Um, but I, I did like that, that, that to me made it feel a bit different as far as like the romance love triangle type stories go is that it had that space for her. She was a very strong character. She made very strong choices on her own. Right. No, I agree. I like that was the interesting part about her to me was that every time Ryle did something where I was like, that's not romantic. That's shitty. She called him out on it. Yeah. It was never like he did this thing where I I was like, this is the cliche romance novel thing that's actually a shitty thing to do. Yeah. And then she treated it like it was a shitty thing to do and not like, oh, how how nice that you did this for me. Yeah, totally. It wasn't like sexy or hot that he was like demanding and overbearing. It was or like that he was like, not that demanding and overbearing is ever sexy or hot. But I mean, you know what I mean, though, like the fact that he's aggressively like, I'm super into you. And she she was like, "Mm, no, thanks. Yeah, it was weird. It just kind of reminded me of I think it was after their first physical uh, altercation when she said, his sorrow came oh, in another Jesus form. Christ. Should I should I read it out or is it too like fucking weird? I mean, I I think we would be doing people a disservice if you did not read this out loud. Just to remind you guys what happened at chapter fourteen. <laughs> she, <laughs> the, <laughs> I quote, <laughs> "I spread my legs for him, and his sorrow comes in another form. Slow, apologetic thrusts inside of me." Every time he enters me, he whispers another apology. And by some miracle, every time he pulls out of me, my anger leaves with him. What the fuck? I wrote what the fuck next to that. <laughs> this, is, this is not how you apologize. I'm sorry. I, I sent you the slow thrusting waves and a barf emoji, I think, as soon as I listened to that part. You, you definitely called it out. And I was like, yeah, I've already written it down. <laughs> it's just I mean yeah that's that was definitely like fucked up and the author did a really great job of kind of showing you that yeah the black and white like it's not so easy to just leave and kind of being a voice for those women that stay that no one understands how difficult it is because you see both sides the love and the apology and not knowing what they were doing but I think at some point I just wanted him to go to fucking therapy like was I mean I guess he said he'd been in therapy forever I just wanted more therapy or something Right. Fucking weird to apologize with like kind of rapey sex. (laughs) Yeah, he was still really fucked up for having been in therapy since he was like six years old. Well, another quote that I have, uh, because he was in therapy since he was six years old, right? Because he shot his brother in the head or whatever. And he said, I was trying to put everything back inside his head. (laughs) Yeah. Oof. Yikes. This is bringing me back to the troop. (laughs) You know, another thing that brought me back to the troop? We, for the second time in a row, got another description of surgeon hands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, I hope we pick a third book that has surgeon hands in it. Prerequisites are surgeon hands and something like from the body coming out in a weird way. Guts, usually, preferably. Guts, brains, worms. On a lighter note, do you know of a bar in LA that like you would get a discount on for wearing onesies? Because I want that. I love that. That was fun. <laughs> Is that my favorite thing in the book? No. Uh, I mean, look, that sounds fun. I don't. I don't know a bar like that around here. So we can, maybe we can find it. Maybe we can make it with our podcast money. There we go. Sign up for our Patreon that doesn't exist yet so that we can <laughs> start a bar where you get free beer with you wear a onesie on Wednesday. Onesie Wednesdays. Fucking love onesie Wednesdays. That was, 
That was great. How, of course you'd fall in love. How fun. He's got a cool sister and they all wear onesies to go to bars. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> he's, he's beating the shit out of a chair the first time you see him. So cool. So cool. He's strong, man. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that like really struck me for I don't know what reason was that Lily's dad was the mayor. So that's like why he always got away with things. And they didn't tell you that for a while. And so when he was like going to get arrested and didn't, and she was like, well, he's the mayor. I was like, he's the fucking mayor. God. And I would love to know if it really was revealed at that point or we had just both missed it previously. I feel like it was revealed at that point. I don't think I think I was like tuned in. Uh, yeah, I would say with 75 percent certainty that it was revealed when we think. Yeah, I agree. Which was pretty late. So there's two. Is there two? There's two incidents where Ryle abuses her is that or are there three um, i think it's i think it's two she makes her decisions pretty quickly which good for her I, I i don't know if i could do that with someone apologizing to me in that way like that was really strong i hope i could but that was really like intense i think you could one heavy thing that didn't show up that surprised me i have it in my notes so after the second time he leaves he moves out of their apartment and goes to England somewhere is at London for like a I don't know some residency or something yeah training program something surgeon bullshit but like and then she of course finds out that she's pregnant while he's gone and I can't believe of all the heavy things in this book like there wasn't even like a discussion that she had with anyone or herself about like, am I for sure going to keep this baby? You know what? You're right. I thought about that. Also, she was young. What is she like 24, 25 in this? She was like 25. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised about that too. Yeah. And there was no discussion about that. She was just going to have that baby. And I guess that's a really polarizing topic. So if you know your um, target demographic, you probably wouldn't write that kind of thing. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, I'm just like, if you have this baby, you're going to have a relationship with this person for the rest of your life. Forever. No matter what. Yeah. It's not just like, do I want to keep this baby or not? It's like, mm -hmm. this guy's going to be in my life for sure. If I keep this baby, like, it, it seemed like it was at least something that was worth spending <laughs> like two pages on. Yeah. But, you know, may maybe not. I guess, you know, I get that that is a hot potato topic, but it still sort of felt weird that... She just right away was like, guess I'm pregnant. Guess I'm keeping it. Guess this is how this is going to go. I actually wonder if it was in the book and like editors were like, nah. Yeah, maybe. Editor, publisher, whoever was like, let's just leave that out. It's too hot right now. It's a weird time. Let's just keep the baby. Let's not even discuss it. We're just automatically keeping it. Right. I mean, they were trying to get pregnant technically. So I guess it was already in her mind that she was going to have a baby. But yeah, with Ryle forever. Did you listen to the um, note from the author at the end? All of it? Uh, no. Oh. I don't think I did. So there's like the epilogue and then there's a note from the author. And that goes on to, which I would highly recommend everybody read, listen to if you're reading this book. I used to skip all the intros and all the bullshit, but now I just read it because sometimes it's important to do that. <laughs> but I did listen to it. And basically this is, if you didn't know... Uh, the story based off of the story of her mother and father. So her mother. Oh, I did listen to that. Yeah. Okay. I thought that that made the book 
feel stronger to me that it was kind of based on this and like the outcome that she had Emerson right the daughter in a sense like obviously Lily made her decisions quicker and faster but she was able to have a decent relationship with her father because she never got to see him like that where Lily didn't have a good relationship with her father because she watched her dad abuse her mother her whole life I thought that was like a nice it was good to know and I think it was a great move of strength to make that choice for her kid to be able to have a nice relationship with her dad and not get stuck in that cycle, right? It ends with us. It ends with us. Yes, that is what the title refers to is the cycle of abuse and her leaving Ryle and yeah, removing her daughter from that situation. Yeah, appreciated that he was someone that Knew that he was doing the wrong things. He couldn't make it better, but he could at least stay away and give her the space and wasn't overly pushy after that second time, you know? Right. While the fantasy part of it, the like building the love story was very predictable in a way. I think when they when it fell apart, it didn't fall into a lot of the common tropes of the abusive, controlling, like keeps trying, keeps getting you back kind of a thing. Right. I thought it was mature. Yeah, I did too. I thought he was written interestingly also especially because of his ptsd because of his brother i mean at least essentially the way they describe it in the book is as him having rage blackouts like he doesn't remember doing it he doesn't know what he's doing i mean who knows you know yeah that's the at least the way it's described um and he does recognize that you know her removing him from the situation is a reasonable thing for her to do right like he doesn't Mm -hmm. continue to flip out about that or whatever yeah he accepts it it was was nice it was a different type of fantasy i think um (laughs) and unfortunately a lot of people don't experience that side of it but yeah i yeah i think that was kind of that was the point right to give a voice to these women to show that it's not so easy not so black and white because everyone has judgments like why don't you just leave what are you doing and then you're seeing like this broken person which doesn't make it okay but it you know can speak to why she gave it more chances than she needed to right yeah yeah it's a heavy book (laughs) (laughs) right it was did you cry um no i didn't okay fine did you yeah, probably like the whole time. It was just so sad. <laughs> it was really sad. I think it should also the little things about their past, like the way that she was seeing the abuse with her parents and experiencing that and Atlas and how he was treated and just all these like little things. It wasn't even like at the big moments. It's just like, oh my God, it's so sad she writes to Ellen. I can't believe that. It's like <laughs> fucked up. Right. And she like gave her kid the middle name Dory. And at the end, Atlas like left her a note that said, you can stop swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. That was, yeah, that did get me the you can stop swimming note. That did get me a little bit. But I didn't cry. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm tough. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I just cry all the time. It's, it's good, bad. No one really sees that. It's usually when I'm just watching TV and shit. So, or listening to podcasts. Uh, that's what that definitely gets me. Like, the, what is it? This American Life. Why do I listen to that before I'm like going to work? It, it's always going to make me cry. Oh my god, the podcast that almost always makes me cry is Heavyweight. Oh, I haven't listened to that. Oh, you have to check it out. It's maybe the best podcast oh. ever created. What else? What other notes do you have? What other notes do I have? I have my 
totally off prediction that I made at the end of chapter 12 when we made predictions. Yeah, let's talk about our predictions. Okay, because yours was so wrong. Let's go with yours first. (laughs) Okay, mine was way wrong. Like, I'm trying to think. So what was going on at the end of chapter 12? Like, she had just run into Atlas at the restaurant, right? Like, that was kind of right when it became clear that it was going to at least sort of be about her and the two of them, right? Yes. And also... And I, it, it says here in my prediction, I'm pretty sure I had heard somewhere that Atlas featured heavily in the second book. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, apparently this is mostly what this is going to be about. So here was my prediction. So things with Ryle are going well, but Atlas comes to the flower shop and she kisses him slash he kisses her and Ryle sees it and flips out. Then they break up. Uh, she and Atlas stay friends, but don't actually get together. And then there's like a time jump between parts. And eventually she and Ryle get back together with the help of Alyssa and Atlas. This is before Ryle seemed like a total piece of shit. That was okay. It was fine. It's not my genre. It's not my genre either, but it's pretty easy to figure out because it's the formula of um, Twilight and (laughs) Fifty Shades of Grey. Which is based off of Twilight. Mm. Yes. Did you know that? It's like yeah. a fanfic of Twilight. I did know that. It's so hot, you know? Just I, Can I have a millionaire? <laughs> a millionaire vampire. Ooh, with a sex room? Come on. <laughs> I will not take the surgeon that hits. No, no on that. But millionaire vampire with a sex room? Sure. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, me too. Who isn't? We should put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my prediction in chapter 12. I still think it's going to be some kind of love triangle. We haven't heard what happened to Atlas and Lily at the end of her Ellen journals, but it feels traumatic. Maybe her father beats the shit out of Atlas right before he leaves and her and Atlas never speak again until now. Wow, nailed it. Nailed it. She obviously has unresolved trauma and feelings, and maybe his part in the story is to rectify this. Her and Ryle have a strong relationship building at this time, but I keep worrying something is going to come up with him being controlling, possessive, or potentially abusive like her father. There's something Elisa is holding back from Lily about him. Oh. I forgot what it was, but I think it's the the brother. The brother. Yeah, that he shot his brother when he was little. That's right. Uh, Lily seems happy, and I always want everyone to be happy in stories. So I think that it ends with her and Ryle like he's the one. <laughs> <laughs> you were so close. Or someone dies and makes it an easy choice. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm also worried that Elise is going to have a miscarriage and that we still don't actually know much about Ryle's backstory to understand the character. The thing about the other sibling is going to be important and probably affect something in their relationship. Wow, I really was very good. Yeah, you really, yeah. I mean, this is my weakness, is that I just want everyone to be happy. Like, I'm, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy since it fucking came out, and I just want Meredith Grey to fucking be happy. She just deserves to be in love. I just want everyone to be happy. <laughs> I watched a rom-com last night, and the, everyone was happy, and that was so nice. And it still had story. What was it? What did you watch? About time. Oh, that, I have not seen it, but I am aware of it, and I'm always like, that looks cute. I should watch that. It's actually really good, and it surprises you by not being necessarily about, not being about that, like, the love story necessarily. Um, Not to give too much away, because we're not doing spoilers on About Time, but it was lovely, and it felt 
good. And of course it made me cry, but for like nice reasons, not because they're just trying to hurt me as the viewer. I'm so fucking tired of all these authors and screenwriters and directors and shit trying to hurt me. I'm so tired of it. (laughs) You're right. What did you say? You're like, well, this isn't just going to be a love story. That's like two people are happy. We need something. (laughs) It's true. Something has to happen. Something has to happen. And it did. So we were thinking about maybe doing like a mini um, and we realized there's a part one and a part two. Uh, But all of these questions were answered by the end of part one. So it wasn't as exciting anymore because now we had our predictions that came true. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah, no more mini episodes. Sorry. Maybe in the future. Yeah, we'll see. That was a fun idea. (laughs) We're full of fun ideas. We really are, you know um what else like that's basically it that's basically the book that is the book yeah do you have any more notes i like i have a couple that don't really make any sense i love that tell me more i can make them make sense if i really think about them (laughs) like all caps he just comes back and comes to the apartment (laughs) (laughs) all caps i can't believe her dad is the mayor (laughs) in this book mine really got like that like oh my god it's a love triangle. I can't do a love triangle. Oh, thank God. He's more concerned for her than his surgeon hands. Oh, God, this is awful. Oh, my God, that was hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> surgeon hands. The only other note I have is, phew, the end. What a relief that they don't get back together. <laughs> phew. Phew. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted it to work out because that's how I roll. But it obviously got bad. But at the beginning, I was like, don't hurt me with breaking them up. And But I do appreciate that it wasn't like because of Atlas. It was because of something else. It was because of choices she made. She wasn't just running into the next thing. This wasn't like a choice love triangle. This was just her past and her future or and her present kind of coming together. Right. Also, I learned that gas ovens have hot spots. <laughs> I didn't know that. You got you to rotate the pan. I have a gas oven. I guess I didn't know that either. I think you're. I think whatever you're making is going to be fine. It's fine. But thanks, Atlas, for teaching me that, a.k.a. Colleen Hoover, because she is one person that wrote this book, as we said, just like a, a person wrote this. <laughs> it's, it's true. That's how. This one's actually based on a real story, unlike the troop, because that would have been nuts if the troop was based on a real story. Ugh. <sighs> How long did it take you to realize that her tattoo of a heart on her collarbone is where Alice would kiss her? I think that had to be spelled out for me. I think I didn't realize it until the book just said that. I figured it out in chapter 13. And I think they say it later. Like when, did you notice it? Like when Atlas said like, that's why you have that tattoo. Whenever the book basically explicitly pointed it out. I I never, I never figured it out myself. Yeah, I wrote when she says that Ryle kisses the heart tattoo on her collarbone. The previous journal entries about Atlas's collarbone kisses come to mind. And I realize that's a tattoo for Atlas. Did she ever get over it? No. The answer is no. The answer is no. We've definitively proven that Ashley is the smart one and I'm the dumb one. (laughs) Uh, How does it go? So then I'm the dumbest smart person and you're the smartest dumb person? I think so. I think that was how we did it the first time. What do you think? Would you read It Starts With Us? Yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely read it. We should definitely do it, you know, like two months from now or whatever. Only because I don't, you know, I don't want two uh, out of three of our podcast episodes to be about the same book series. I feel like we should mix it up first. Didn't you know this was a Colleen Hoover uh, podcast? (laughs) Romance only? All right. 
We can get to that because I do have a different suggestion of a Colleen Hoover book. I think that's a wrap on the book. I think this one I could make. I could recommend. I thought it. I think overall, I th- I thought it was a a good perspective. You know, I think it began as like a predictable kind of fantastical love story. You know, the fantasy, the Twilight, the Fifty Shades of Grey. Say that for the four hundredth time, and then it it gave a different perspective to that those kinds of relationships and also showed, you know, some strength and changing the patterns. And I appreciated it, I think. Yeah. No, I liked it. Um, I would recommend it. It's, yeah, it's it's interesting. The characters are interesting. You know, I still only gave it a four and a half because I it's sort of not my thing in general. Like, I would recommend it with the caveat that, like, it's a romance novel. And if that's not your deal, yeah. like... You're pr- you're probably not gonna like it. There's gonna be quotes in it that are like "naked truths aren't always pretty," <laughs> and um, just because we didn't end up on the same wave doesn't mean we aren't still a part of the same ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's a romance novel. The rating on Audible was four point seven out of five, so that's pretty big. Oh wow! And the Goodreads rating was four point three seven out of five. Wow. So we're a little lower than average here, but this isn't our genre. And like I thought, like half of it was predictable and the other half was nice. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So are you ready? Are you ready for my game that I was teasing earlier? With the book. Yes. That you said maybe it won't work because of Wikipedia. Yeah. Let's play a game. So when I was a kid, I was almost the district spelling bee champion. Why wasn't I? Because I never studied anything because I was ADHD and I just was a hyperlexic little kid with a crazy good memory. So, but also because now I (laughs) basically only listen to books, Mm -hmm. I've noticed that sometimes I, when I see something written, I'm surprised at how it's spelled. Mm -hmm. Like it's the opposite of the thing where people don't know how to pronounce something because they've only read it. I don't know how to spell something because I've only heard it. Yes. So how do you think Alyssa, Alisa Kincaid is spelled? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's A-L-I-S-A, but also I think it might just be like Alyssa and pronounce stupid. What about Kincaid? How do you think Kincaid is spelled? I did see that. It's K-I-N-C-A-I-D-E. Okay. My guess was A-L-Y-S-S-A. Yeah. And then also K-A-N-C-A-I-D-E. But I don't know for sure. I'm about to look it up. Oh, you didn't look at it. (laughs) I thought you had the answers. (laughs) Well, and I know you spelled Ryle wrong because I did look that up. That was hard mode was I was like, okay, now how do you spell Ryle Kincaid? It's literally like you said earlier, it's Kyle, but with an R. Yeah, but you, how you spelled it to me was way better, R-Y-A-L-L. But Ryle is short, is like the short version of Riley if you want to really get down to it. So that makes sense. Oh, is that, I mean, is that his real name? No, the baby, her sister, uh, his sister names the baby Riley after Ryle. So it wouldn't have been Riley. <laughs> True. I'm I look, I'm on Wikipedia and I cannot see Alyssa's name. Alisa, Alyssa, Alisa. I can't see her name anywhere. Hold on. Isa. Remember he calls her Isa for short. Oh, right, right, right. 
I also enjoyed that he wasn't a douchebag, Elisa's husband. Oh, yeah. I liked that he was still a nice guy. That was fun. Because normally it's like, ah, oh, the rich douchebag, and she's unhappy too. And it was like, no, she's just nice. I also enjoyed that his sister was down to support her and tell her to, like, never get back together with him. That was nice. Yes. Yeah, that was good, too. None of this happens in real life. This is such a fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. I have it. I have the official spelling of Elisa Kincaid. Okay. A Mm L L Y S A. That is so made up. And Kincaid with no E. Okay. I mean, this is like fantasy romance names. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, everybody has like a cool name. Like, where's the fucking Ashleys or the Corys? (laughs) Do we think Ryle is cool? Is that a cool name? No, but it's trying to be cool. It's unusual. It is trying to be cool. Why couldn't it just be Kyle? (laughs) Kyle Kincaid. Why not? Like, why do do we have to switch the fucking R in there? It's like when people add pointless Ys to names, it just drives me crazy. Or extra E's. So keep it in mind. I'm going to start keeping track of things I don't know how to spell. Okay. I might spring it on you anytime, so don't cheat. All right. Speaking of, like, being a kid and reading, I think you mentioned this briefly, but, like, what's your history with reading? I fucking loved it. I read a lot as a kid. I was really into it. And I think once, I don't know, I got, it's like a combination. Like, I got older and got busier and was working. Um, and then they started to move into, like, Kindle and I tried that so then I could like take it with me anywhere. But then I really just kind of had a hard time keeping up. I mean, I still was reading, though. But yeah, I think as I've grown up and had more real life, I have less book. But I was really, really intriguing. Yeah, same. Like I practically dragged my mom to the library every week or two to get more books when I was a little kid. I loved to go to the bookstores and I would sit in like the psychology section and just paw through books maybe take some home I have a bunch of weird stuff and cool stuff like obviously Oliver Sacks amazing I love those kinds of stories yes that was my favorite section I also have a book called amazing face reading that I picked up in the psychology section at like Barnes and Noble one time and it is how the placement the shape the lines every little feature of your face says something about your personality and I tell you It's been on point quite a bit. I haven't busted it out in a while, but it is like kind of nuts. Like how could my nose bridge say anything about me? Yeah. Like the lines you could understand. I'm fascinated. Yeah, the lines sort of I understand because it's like an indicator of like what types of faces you make the most often, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the other stuff seems interesting. That was my history. What about yours? Yeah, I read all the time when I was a little kid, went to the library all the time. And then yeah, eventually just got old and busy. And like, still kind of listened to audiobooks, but like, very rarely do I sit down and read. I enjoy it when I do it as long as I don't feel like there's other stuff I have to be doing. But coming across that feeling is increasingly rare for me. So I find it hard to get in that like, oh, I'm just going to relax and read a book mode. Yeah, I think this is why audiobooks have been really good. I didn't think I could do it before um, because I, I thought I liked the like conversational storytelling that is in the podcast that I listen to. Uh, 
but no, I'm able to listen to audiobooks, but I can't find time to just like sit down and read. I'm too antsy. I've got too many things. The minute my phone goes <laughs> right. off, like I'm not paying attention. I want to sit and read, but that's just not going to be me anymore. I can do it occasionally, but it has to be like a very particular situation. All right. Are we ready to pick a book for episode three? Let's do it. You got some ideas this time? I do. Let's hear them. Here's the thing. I have a list with no explanations about what they are. I realized that that was a mistake. I just wrote down books that I that I came across without like a, you know, a little elevator pitch for each book. I just have a list of six books, the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we don't need to talk about six whole books here. Top two. Top two. Okay, I'm going to skip one because... There's no audiobook, and I know you won't do it. We just discussed about how that's not going to happen. I could try. I could try it. Yeah. No, it's fine. We'll save it. I'm going to suggest The Quiet Boy by Ben H. Winters, which I know nothing about. I picked it purely because I like the author, but I don't know what the book is. Okay. The other one I'm going to suggest is, hmm, fiction or nonfiction? Uh, I don't know. This is your suggestion. <sighs> Fine. The other one is I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reed, which I also don't know a lot about other than it is ostensibly a horror novel. And also there was a movie on Netflix recently, like maybe a year ago. With Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst? No. Are you sure? I'm almost positive. I'm just going to look it up real quick. I'm going to do the googs. Okay. Here we go. Yes, it's Jesse Plemons. Yes, not her. I just it put them together. I watched that, but I kept falling asleep. I think it was supposed to be good. Anyway, those are, those are my two suggestions. What do you got? I had mentioned another Colleen Hoover recommendation. Obviously, we will do It Starts With Us later, so we don't need to talk about that now. But when I was looking at her... Like I was, I realized that I don't really know what Verity is and it's technically a romance like thriller. And there was a little quote that said a standalone romantic thriller that is tragic, creepy and brilliant. So that sounded kind of fun. So I threw that in there. Okay. I don't know if we need to do romance right now. And another one that I thought could be fun was Stardust because I love that movie. I love that movie too. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I say not Colleen Hoover just because I don't want to do two Colleen Hoovers in a row. Yeah. What is this, the fucking Colleen Hoover podcast? No. <laughs> That's what it is. Shit. Um, okay, did you find more info on your first book that you blindly recommended? I didn't. I didn't try to. Should I try to do that? Maybe a little bit. Okay, I'm thinking of ending things as five hours long. Oh, really? Is that all? Interesting. Quick. I already forgot the name of the one that you were... The Quiet Boy. Oh, 387 pages. That's also like on the short... That's like about the same Colleen Hoover. Uh, it starts with us was 336, so it'll just be a little longer. Right. Uh, it's a legal thriller. <laughs> it's not like a John Grisham legal thriller. It's not fucking a time to kill. You know, I, I'm kind of into the... Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Okay. Let's do it. Because that's like a thriller or is it like... Also kind of a romance. It's not a romance from my understanding. Only because I wasn't really watching the movie that I don't know what's happening. But it is like he's taking his girlfriend to meet the parents. But something weird happens. I don't know what. Right. 
I, lo- I love how much we don't know about all of these books. Anyone who is listening to this who has read any of these books is probably screaming at their phone. All right. I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reed is episode three of the ADHD Book Club podcast. Let's talk squirrel brains. Squirrel brains. Um, ADHD shit. Oh, this only tangentially has to do with the book and is more of a squirrel brain thing. This is a real thought that I had while I was listening to the audiobook. I wish I had a transcript of this so that I could go back and look at it. <laughs> and it took me a full, like, five seconds to realize that's just the actual book. <laughs> Which I actually have, but I still decided to use my Audible credit to listen to it. <laughs> anyway, that's how smart I am. Have you had an, a good squirrel moment this past couple weeks that stands out or today i'm sure that i've had like multiple and also like i don't remember any of them yeah what about you mine was probably just when we were about to begin this and i realized i forgot to do an important task that i should have done in the morning and i had to hang up and go do it and like i went to bed the night before being like don't forget to do the thing it's in my phone it like told me to do it and i was like great i'll do it And then what I did was like hyper fixate on uh, other things that I was doing, like editing the podcast um, for so long that I forgot that I had any other tasks to do today. I don't fuck my calendar. Who needs it? I'm busy hyper fixating on a task. (laughs) Right. I'm gearing up. I'm going to do some chores. So I need to listen to a podcast. What podcast am I going to listen to? But I need to like find something on my phone first or finish this conversation But if I sit down to do either of those things, I don't know. Will I not get back up? I'm not sure. I don't know what I think will happen, but I won't sit down. Uh, But I'll be tired of standing, you know, in the middle of my kitchen or wherever. So I'll just squat down. (laughs) And I did that like four times today. And then I would be like, oh, my God, I'm doing it again. One time I squatted like near my bed and was just like leaning on it. Like, just sit on the fucking bed. What am I doing? (laughs) I don't know if this is effective. No, it's important. You can't, you can't give in to the inertia of sitting on the bed. Yeah, it's like that. Like, I may never get back up. I have to just squat down and finish this, this task now so then I can go do the real work that I have planned for myself today. And honestly, I still haven't looked at my calendar. My bad. <laughs> What's your uh, hyperfixation of the moment? I started doing Lightboxer on VR. It's like, what if boxing and Simon and Guitar Hero were like all the same thing? You basically punch these lights like in rhythm to the music. Mm. And I'm kind of obsessed with it. I'm going to keep trying to get a perfect score on Through the Fire and Flames on expert mode until I'm absolutely shredded. And that's just what my life is now. Fuck yeah. And this one's like, exercise so i don't even think it counts as a game it's not even a game it's exercise it's a lifestyle (laughs) but i'm still fixated on marvel snap too so yeah when i was trying to think of mine i was like i think it's still the tin fish did you get it you convinced me and i finally got some earlier today it's really good you made it i did make it oh good also there was a bunch of like spicy oily juice at the bottom of the bowl and i just like threw a bunch of almonds in there and mixed it up and i'm gonna eat those later as a snack oh that's a good idea in the spirit of that i have one more thing to talk about okay these are 
ADHD projects that you briefly became obsessed with that you have since abandoned. I have three written down. One, when I was drawing all those little pictures and then putting them on t-shirts, my like werewolf cult t-shirt store, Mm, mm -hmm. that lasted like two months. I should just bring it back. Like they're cool drawings. Hell yeah. I have like three of the t-shirts. I would wear them. I have worn (laughs) them. I do wear them sometimes. Biggest uh, customer. They let you order samples for like $5. I was like, yeah, of course I want a couple samples for myself. Project number two, I was super into like linocut print block making in high school. Like I took one class and I loved it. And then I like never did it again. And then maybe like a year ago, I bought a bunch of the stuff to do it. And I made like three. I loved doing it. It was super fun. And then I just stopped again. Hmm. Number three project. And you are well aware of this one candle talk yes man i came across those photos and i was like i fucking forgot about candle talk it was so cool i think you should do it again okay should we describe what that is or just leave that out there until i bring it back no we should tell well let's let people be curious yeah be curious we'll maybe tell you more later maybe we'll forget what about you I can think of a bunch of things that like we had ideas for that we never did anything with. Like when people were like, you can sell feet pics online. We were like, we should do that. And we were really like (laughs) talking about how we would do this a lot. And I don't know if we even looked anything up. Maybe we looked at like Feet Finder and then just fucking forgot. But every time we'd see a post that was like, you can make money with your feet, we'd be like, why don't we make money with our feet? Let's go smash cakes with our feet. Fuck it. (laughs) Was that a thing? I mean, I'm sure it's a thing for somebody. I'm sure somebody's into it. Yeah, something like that. Look, we haven't completely abandoned this idea. So email us if you're if you're interested. Venmo us. Just Venmo us. <laughs> Podcasters feet smashing cakes. If that's your personal thing, let us know because we can be bought. This is so niche. Do you think we could get other podcasters in on that? We could make a lot of money with podcasters' feet smashing cakes. <laughs> Podcastcakefeet.org. We're buying that up right now. Yeah, of course. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. Don't steal our idea. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. We're so happy that you joined us for a fireside chat about It Ends With Us. Uh <laughs> Sad, (laughs) gut-wrenching, nearly predictable romance novel. And thank you to The Last Skeptic for music. This was a podcast. (laughs) 